Welcome everyone to today's episode of Celestia on Air, Deciphering STEM, the podcast of Set Celestia, the Astronomy, Astrophysics and Space Tech Club of Pittsburgh. We are your hosts. I am Yashiki and I am Abdul. Today with us, we have Awais Ahmed. He is the founder and CEO of Pixel, a space technology company currently aiming to build a constellation of Earth imaging satellites to provide constant daily coverage of geographies around the world. Aves is a Bits Pilani alumnus and he was a significant member of the Bits Pilani CubeSat team Anant. He has also worked and interned in many aerospace companies like HAL. We are glad to have you here Aves. Glad to be here guys. Thank you. All right. So, uh without any further ado, let's uh, just jump into the questions. We have uh some questions here that our viewers and everyone requested and curated so uh the first question is um why did you want to establish a startup in an unconventional sector especially in india where till now only one organization preceded over the entire space industry so i think it was not that i wanted to create a startup in space it was that what i was doing and what i loved sort of led to the creation of a startup so um it all started with wanting to work in the space sector essentially um i was part of the hyperloop team and when i was there they took us on a tour of the spacex factory and um you know they we saw the rocket engines being built we saw the rockets being built and uh, that's when i decided that this is a sector this is the field that i would want to be in and after coming back from there uh, just read up as much as i could about space uh read up uh, you know what are the uh, advances that are happening in space technology and uh, where there's an opportunity what i could do in the field um working in nasa and spacex was not an option because they only hire us nationals or citizens um and uh, in india as you said it was just isro that was the uh, that was an organization where you could work at um so start we looked at different opportunities and we found an opportunity that we could build our own satellites and you know beam down a higher quality of data set and uh, the and it eventually started as another student team where we had a bunch of students together working on building this raising sponsorship and launching it but during the course of the time when we were working on it we realized that um there's a lot of long term potential to what we were doing and today's money and everything else it made sense for us to do it as a startup rather than as a student team so that's how it came to be uh, it's just that i think in the most simplest sense uh, i loved space and this is a field i wanted to be in and there was an opportunity uh, to sort of contribute to the sector and the best way to do that was as a company or a startup so that's how uh, it led to the creation of pixel and not that uh, we wanted to create a startup in space uh, as such oh i see that's that's a that's a really interesting story so like what were some of the challenges you faced you know while establishing this as a startup so i think the challenges were um, we were still students uh, we were in the final year uh, uh at bits when we were doing this right so building a satellite requires uh, significant amounts of capital it's not something that you can just build in the lab or build a prototype or we want to build a prototype requires significant amounts of capital so raising money was i think one of the challenges that uh, that we faced especially as students firstly in india 
people investing in hardware startups is uh, rare and then when you add space hardware to that the risk factor goes uh, a notch higher and then you add a couple of college students doing it and then people don't really want to take a bet but that's where i think college alumnus came to uh, uh, the spotlight and they helped um, and you were able to raise uh, amount of money to start building the satellite from then on we haven't looked back so um, i think the biggest challenge would have been to you know where do we get the money to build the tech the other was even though we had a bit of experience working on hardware we did hyperloop but we did team anand um, the uh, the experience that comes from building a satellite is something that can only come from building a satellite so to be able to get advisors and consultant people who had worked on satellites from zero um, you know it took some time for us to be able to put that together as well as to be able to get more people on board who had worked on space hardware so it is a combination of um, young folks who wanted to shake things up and combination of experience uh, that knows what works and what didn't um and uh, i think yeah those were the the couple of challenges that uh, we faced um uh, to be able to find where to manufacture it who do we partner with um but um, yeah nothing that was insurmountable but i think these would be the critical ones right uh speaking of anand like that was the cubesat project of bitspilani so uh, let's start off by talking about what a cubesat project is because a lot of campuses do have a cubesat project of their own uh but what makes a cubesat project uh, so special so i think with team anand it was the team that was working with the indian space research organization now cubesats um it's a very standardized way of making satellites and when you standardize the making of satellites you standardize the components that go into it which means that you have a lot more options to procure uh, your components from which means that these components can also be made in bulk which reduces the price as well so the the cost of launching something to space came down from you know tens or hundreds of billions of dollars uh, when nasa or any other uh, space organization launched it to um, a, you know a few tens of lakhs of rupees uh, that you could do it from Uh, now again the application is dependent on what you want to do it but it provided a way for anyone anywhere with enough sort of capital and backing to to launch uh, something into space uh, which is a fascination for a lot of people and at anand it was a bit more of a, a serious project where uh, the indian space research organization had a student satellite program where if uh, you were a college and you were building a cubesat and you went to them and you worked with them they would launch your satellite on their rocket for free as a ride share so that was the thing that anand was doing it was bitspilani's official student nano satellite team that was collaborating with his room uh, so um, it was a team that was doing the crux of the work but there were people from uh, isro that were guiding they used to review um, so it used to it needed to go through a very rigorous process um, and bitspilani as a university was sort of backing the project as well so that was my first year uh, first and second year at campus where um it translated from just a love for space to actually working on some hardware that had the potential to go to space um so that was the team on the experience i joined it uh at first in the the winter holidays the first winter holidays after joining bits uh, so it started in the second semester and um, worked there for about a year and that it was the first brush uh, in my life in terms of working on something that required a very rigorous analysis that required multiple different disciplines to work together and to you know even uh, collaborate with 
the an organization like isro who reviewed it and it went through a very stringent review process so that that taught a lot i think that would be the experience uh, at team anand that's amazing uh, but it, there's also the fact that every cubesat project even though it's still a standardized uh, satellite project is still unique in every sense uh, can you talk about what project anand was about specifically uh, um, what so- did it want to achieve yeah most of the things that you've said as i mentioned was standardized right um you have like one u essentially is one cube uh, of 10 cross 10 cross 10 centimeters um three u is stacking three of those cubes six u is stacking six of those cubes um now which means that you have very limited space etc to sort of work with which means a lot of things are standardized uh, if you leave say in the three u two units of that could be covered with your electronics and everything else that needs to support the main payload and the remaining one you could either have a camera it could have a communication antenna it could have anything else for that matter so that way it was not very unique but uh, the thing that anand was sort of trying to go for was uh, having a camera um, uh, on the imager and to be able to use that to take images from space and uh, uh, you know analyze that for use cases specifically in Uh, ocean health monitoring coastal monitoring agriculture forestry and the sort so that was what specifically we were looking at uh, in anand but the focus was on learning as many things as we could from scratch in terms of what goes into building a satellite it was not just we need to put something together band something together and send it up as soon as possible it was that the people that were working on it also needed to learn what goes into building the spacecraft um what is the rigorous process and analysis that you need to do that for anything that goes into space and i think that was a very significant experience that led to everything else that came after for me as well so um uh, yeah what we were doing specifically at anand was it was a uh, cube sat with a camera that would go up take images and then uh, we would use those images so uh, so in was, a lot of ways project anand was a great influence on uh, pixel in your vision of pixel um it would it was a critical factor in shaping the skills that i needed for pixel but uh, you know a student team is very different from what it takes to run a startup um so that had to come while running the startup itself but what anand gave me was it taught the skills that needed to go into a project that involved satellite building um and gave that exposure in terms of working with the scientists at isro as well so uh, it provided the skills uh, and the procedure to be able to do something like this uh, but uh, running a startup has been quite different from being a part of the student team uh, the timelines are different the priorities are different the speed at which you move are also very different so anant was uh, basically a photo imaging satellite right and uh, your first project your first major project at pixel is also a series of photo imaging satellites so um what made you decide uh that your first project would be that like a constellation of photo imaging satellites so i think it came as a result of what the opportunity and the gap was in the sector as i mentioned after coming back from spacex hq uh just read up as much as i could about space uh, and saw what the gaps were what the cutting edge was and while reading up um, we decided we would participate in a competition called the ipn what's the aix prize now here is where you need to use some sort of artificial intelligence technologies to make to create positive impact for the world and for us that 
was to be able to use AI and satellite imagery together. Uh, we were looking at tackling problems like illegal mining. We were looking at tackling problems like air pollution monitoring and water pollution monitoring. We were looking at pest infestation detection, crop diseases in agriculture and the sort. Um, so that was what we started with. Uh, and while working with different sets of images that existing satellites beamed down, we realized that uh, almost all of these satellites, they couldn't um, even see certain problems. For example, in agriculture, if we wanted to know what the crop health was, we could do that. But if you wanted to know what the soil health parameters were, what nutrients were lacking, whether a particular crop was under-irrigated or over-irrigated, what the chlorophyll content and the moisture content in the leaves was, that was something that could not be done. So we needed something that would provide a lot more granularity to what you were doing, which is where uh, the opportunity and the gap arised. Um, and what we did then when we realized that, you know, the existing data is really not good enough for uh, certain use cases at least. And we reached out to companies, organizations who were using satellite imagery in one form or the other. We asked them uh, whether if you were able to provide them with a data set of such and such specifications, which was better than any existing data, would they pay for it? Would they buy it? Would it be a significant step up to the use cases that they were currently having? And that sort of concretized our thesis that, yes, there is a possibility for beaming down a much more superior data set for which we need to build a much more superior camera and then build a superior satellite surrounding that camera. Um, that was what led to us saying that, okay, this is what the idea for Pixel is going to be. Um, it's not that we started with wanting to deploy a constellation of satellites. It's that while working on this, we realized that there's a gap and an opportunity here um, because especially when you're starting a startup, just your intent and love is not enough. You need to also know whether it's something that people will pay for, whether there's an opportunity or a gap for something, and then how do you go and capture that? Um, so all that sort of, you know, uh, converged together. The love for space that I had, the opportunity and the gap there, and that experience that I had had with Anand and Hyperloop India, um, which said, okay, you know, we'll take a step back, we'll solve the more fundamental issue here, which is the beaming down of high quality, high throughput data from space. Uh, these images, which will be used for applications in agri, oil and gas, uh, forestry, climate change, any other sector for that matter. Um, and uh, that is when the vision was concretized for Pixel and uh, we started manufacturing the satellite. That's amazing. Uh, so I think one of our, uh, we were already fascinated by when you're talking about uh, monitoring crop health and soil changes from that big of a height. Uh, so can you talk about what kind of data they ask for. So you you talked about that the data set wasn't available back then. Uh, but how do they use the data to to, uh, to monitor the soil changes? What kind of data are you actually measuring in terms of te technical aspects? Are those spectroscopy data or in some or some other kind of data? The image itself is in stealth right now. We're not revealing the very specs of what we. Okay. But uh, it's yeah, it's. It's images and data that will enable us to do a lot more than what is currently being done. Um, and we will reveal what exactly um, the specifications of the data are and what use cases it will come with uh, once we launch the first satellite, which should, which should be February this coming year. We're looking forward to that. Oh, We're looking forward to the launch of your satellites. <laughs> Talking about your satellites, uh, how long did you take to, you know, like design you those satellites and... Uh, finalize those designs and like what tools did you use in designing them and how do you plan to you know um, once all of them are launched to make them work and then integrate them with AI so uh, did those other factors like AI integration and everything did that cause 
you to like make some changes in your design up- upgrade it later and all that um so in terms of you know how long it took to build the satellite we started um we started the designing of the uh, satellite and everything in february of 2019 and uh, by july 2019 we sort of had an idea that this is how the satellite will look like which is when the manufacturing sort of started uh, in august september and it took 6 to 7 more months from then to have all the components manufactured um after which uh, we have been putting the satellite together we have been integrating it um we have been taking it apart and then testing individual components and then putting them back together and testing the satellite as a whole so the entire process from you know having the starting the design to having something launch ready would be about 12 months um but we are striving to bring that down even further in the years but for now i think uh, the designing plus manufacturing uh, to having it launch ready is about a 12 month period where the manufacturing itself is about 6 to 7 months um Uh, and that said uh, in terms of what we used for uh, you know the building the satellite it's like building any other uh, hardware i mean if you're using electronics you use the same software that anyone else in some other other electronic companies or projects will use if you are you know you're building something on the structures and thermal side it's the same solid works and same center and you know other softwares that are being used by mechanical and thermal engineers that are used so the tools don't really change in terms of the exact subsystems and components that go into it it's just that you need to be much more rigorous in your analysis because it has to work in space in conditions that are uh, quite stringent quite frigid uh, quite extreme um, so we need to test them also here on ground um, so that's that's essentially you know the philosophy in terms of working on the satellite we also need to make sure that in case a particular component fails up there uh, since we can't replace it, uh, it the other ones are sort of redundant so that they can take up the work of the uh, the one that has failed for example we have essentially two onboard computers so two chips that are two microcontrollers that are handling the uh, day to day operations of the satellite uh, autonomously in case one of those fails then the other board has the capacity to take up entirely so it's split between those two initially but in case any one of them stops uh, okay. working take up the uh, the the work or if you're looking at different sensors we always add a couple of extra sensors so in case one or two fail uh, the rest of the sensors can still take up the work and continue uh, running the operations there autonomously um in terms of ai there is a couple of areas where you can use it for the satellite itself one is on the data or the images after it's come back down which is the easier aspect it's using computer vision or you know deep learning algorithms to take images and extract uh, insights or information from them the or the other is to be able to have ai on board the satellite itself now here is where we are taking sort of a very tesla type approach where the satellites have the hardware necessary to run ai based tech up there but uh, we won't be starting off with a very heavy work uh, to begin with what we will have is the capability to transmit software up to the satellites once it's up there and the hardware will be able to take that some things we could do is instead of analyzing um say if you want to identify the number of ships in a harbor so instead of beaming down an entire image which is very bulky and then you know counting those ships down here we can have an ai that's running up there itself that can count uh, the number of ships in a harbor and just beam down that number that way the amount of information you have beamed down reduces significantly and we can image 
much more um or uh, if you need to identify what the cloud cover is going to be there could be uh, an ai model that's running continuously to sort of identify and predict uh, whether the, this area is going to have cloud cover whether it is worth imaging here or not and then take the images so as to then not take images and then realize that you know this is an image that has a lot of cloud cover which means that it's actually not useful for analysis at all uh, and we can discard that uh, right up in space instead of beaming down that uh, image and you know wasting bandwidth and wasting space so those are the bit of things that we are looking at in the very long run uh, we will also be looking at uh, swarm intelligence uh, to have a very intelligent constellation such that they can move uh, in and out of phase with each other uh in terms of you know increasing frequency over certain geographies at a particular time or date if you needed um or uh, yeah things like that but um, as of now it's it's still in the very early stages uh given that it's space keeping things simple works best but as and when we launch the constellation we will have one or two of those satellites for pure experimentation up there where we will keep uploading different software uh, upgrades from ground to keep checking how things will work there and then uh, once we have demonstrated that then they will be rolled out on mars to the rest of the satellites okay that those are some really really amazing goals you have like that is something which uh you know it's like a it's tough of science fiction to be to say the least and it's really amazing to hear you talk about technology like that and that it would be possible in the coming future so uh for your yes. satellites so for your satellites are you um using like off the shelf components or are you designing all of them on your own or it's a mixture of it's a mixture of both um we are not as simplistic as a cubesat or a nano satellite it's a quite bigger than that because as i said we needed to first know what the quality of data needed to look like and then design a camera that could make sure that that quality was achieved and then the satellite was built around the camera to optimize the operations of that camera rather than seeing that we will take a 3u size or a 6u size and try to cram as best the camera into that when you do the latter you have limited physical and volume constraints and the physics of your optics and the physics of your cameras are constrained with that which we didn't want um so uh, yeah in, in terms of uh, uh, our camera and sort of how we went about it it was that um, uh, we first looked at uh, what the quality of it needed to be and then you know build the camera and then build the satellite which meant not all not all of it could be off the shelf it was not as easy as just procuring a cubesat body from somewhere a camera from somewhere else putting it together and sending it up there um, and since we designed the camera ourselves for our mission and then the satellite is designed around it certain components um, uh, like the sensors like certain actuators like the gps we procure off the shelf there's no point in uh, reinventing that because that's already been done and you can get it for you know quite uh, relatively inexpensive prices but there are certain things like the camera itself that we can't procure off the shelf those need to be designed according to our specifications they need to be manufactured integrated and then uh, you know integrated with the satellite and that goes for certain things like the onboard computer the software that we're building um or uh, you know things like that and in some cases we specifically design certain boards and we give it to uh, companies and subcontractors that will manufacture those boards specifically for us um and then give it to us so it's a combination of you know wherever we can use off the shelf we use that um, but not everywhere we can do that which is where we design our own things um so striking that balance is important because it also means how fast we can work so that's how we are going about it 
<clears throat> That's amazing. So, uh, okay, uh, we actually floated a form and a lot of questions poured in uh, regarding this podcast. Uh, one of them was about the question of privacy. Now, that might be uh, a kind of silly question to ask, but uh, what do you think about it? With the, with the advent of many imaging satellites capturing the surface of the Earth, uh, what, do you, what do you think about the privacy issue that some people might consider is a big part of it? So the, see the the privacy issue comes in when you're doing very very high resolution satellites, which you, for which you need 300 kg, 500 kg, 700 kg satellites, which we are not doing. What we are looking at is very large scale applications, specifically you know non defense based uh, commercial applications in agriculture, in oil and gas. We are trying to look at fields. We are trying to look at you know oil and gas pipelines. We are trying to look at forests. Um, our images won't be able to capture individual cars or individual car plates or even identify individual people. You know, that's something that very, very large satellites will only be able to do. So in terms of the privacy and that sort of translates from the policies that different countries have, they say anything above 30 centimeters in the US or anything above 50 centimeters in the US is something you can freely use and distribute without any security concerns or privacy concerns because you know that data cannot be used to identify individual or cars or something like that yes it can be used to identify the number of cars in a parking lot but that only gives you an aggregate and says that this was the business that was done for this mall or for this uh, thing so uh, i mean any and, and any technology that matter can always be used for something bad but in terms of the destructive potential that the imagery imagery that we have in terms of privacy uh, we are nowhere close to the resolution that's needed from a height of 500 kilometers identify individuals or be of concern for privacy or identify and map certain individual homes. Uh, we, in fact, uh, uh, wanted to make sure of this. We engaged the legal team to sort of look at the quality of data and where we stand on that. And um, uh, there were no concerns on the privacy front. Uh, the, the data that we have didn't qualify uh, for uh, anything that the government classifies as security concerns or privacy concerns. Yeah, so that's a concern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, going forward, uh, do you have any plans regarding uh, going to other celestial bodies like the moon or Mars using your satellites, exploring them using your satellites? I mean, yeah, I've been fairly vocal about this previously as well, right? The, the thing that bands are teamed together is twofold. One is to bring down the benefits of space down to earth and try to make things here more sustainable, be it by increasing agricultural produce or be it by reducing the emissions that natural gas pipelines make or industries make or factories make. The other is to expand outwards towards space, build on the capability that we have in space technology to, uh, you know, an example is we have been talking to folks to see if our satellite can be piggybacked on someone else's uh, mission where we would deploy it around uh, the moon and to see where water is, what minerals are available, what this, you know, the soil content or the land content there is, uh, which we can do with the same kind of imager that we have here, uh, which would enable people to sort of help identify where there are, you know, ice caps, where there's water, where uh, would be the ideal place for uh, settlements when it eventually comes to that or send it to Mars and do the same. But uh, in the very long run, we also want to be able to deploy these uh, satellites towards the asteroid belt map out the asteroids, map out which of these actually have water for fuel, which of these have which minerals, uh, map them out and, you know, build sort of like a map there. So eventually when we're in a position to uh, leverage the resources of the solar system rather than on Earth itself, which would help free up Earth from a lot of heavy industry, uh, we are able to provide that data and eventually maybe, you know, uh, bring back the uh, materials ourselves for manufacturing in orbit here or around the moon. Um, so the plans definitely are there, but for now, we 
focusing on this constellation because um, as long as we have our basics right and we have the capability to take any space hardware from design to you know launch ready uh, hardware uh, we'll be able to do that for the rest of the things as well that's something that uh, our team has done we have you know in our team right now we have people from team indus as well who have experience building a luna rover that was one of the winners for the luna google lunar x prize uh, so they have experience building you know rovers and they have experience building a whole host of space hardware and we'll continue to build on that but i think not in the next 3 3 4 years after that yes uh, we will look at a lot of interplanetary mission the goal and the vision is to you know bring down the cost of access to the solar system um instead of building large orbiters which cost hundreds of millions of dollars and take years to make you can build and launch you know these small satellites in a few months you can launch them for a very few amount relatively and then you can send it to any planetary body be it saturn be it uranus any of the moons of these uh, uh, you know gas giants as well uh, which means that then those could that that data could be used to identify hot spots or say that this is this is something that's weird we need to go and identify this more which means that the future missions could be focused on only those bodies uh, instead of you know spending hundreds of millions of dollars in the first place to go and realize that okay we should have probably sent it to another planetary body um, so that's those are the plans that we have uh, but as i said uh, all in due time we wish you all the best yes. for those plans <laughs> <laughs> thank you sir yeah uh, yes uh, so let's kind of come to uh, not not the last question but let's kind of come to an end with the do you have any advice for the upcoming space tech enthusiasts you were once uh, i mean i i'm guessing you're still a space tech enthusiast what do you think is a right starting step for people interested in you know endeavors such as you have taken yourselves i think it's in the end it's about your love for space uh, and how curious you are and how passionate you are to sort of do it um ever since i was a kid i forced my dad to get me encyclopedias to read about space uh, you know to buy me telescopes and things like that um so as long as you are continuously learning what's happening and building your knowledge connecting dots between different things that didn't seem like they were connected and then realizing that there's an opportunity or a gap here or this is the work that I love to do regardless of whether it's a startup or whether it's working for a startup or working for isro nasa or anyone else for that matter um it's in the end about what you love doing and what you want to do and to just be curious about learning more and more things um eventually something will click um and that's in the end what we are at pixel we are all a bunch of space lovers who are trying to send some hardware up to space we are a bunch of space nerds uh, or space geeks that just want to do this um and that's what you know helps us to wake up every day and sort of go to work uh, and love what we do it's not that we need to force anyone to come um which also creates like a really good culture in terms of the work we're doing but also uh, keeps us grounded we know that in the long run as i mentioned we want to be able to send hardware to the asteroid belt or you know even further beyond than that uh, maybe even an interstellar mission sometime uh, if you know we are able to reach that level of technology so um as long as we are all aligned on that and we are working towards that uh, it keeps us grounded to say that you know this is what we need to focus on now and then we do it later um so it doesn't matter if it's as a startup or if it's as a part of a space agency or if it's part of uh, another company or another startup just do what you love it's as simple as that so uh, those were some very wise words from you and uh, this was a really great and really enlightening experience talking with you and we thank you for taking out your time and coming to our podcast uh, it was really really great having you here 
it was a uh, it was a fun for me as well guys thank you so much thank you so much for joining uh so this was this was our episode for today uh join us next time on celestia on air deciphering stuff thank you for listening